Yo, our sponsors today have got an awesome offer on for service personnel and veterans. Uh, Westway Nissan are the largest Nissan dealership in the UK and offer up to 20% off all their vehicles for members or former members of HM Forces. 20% is flipping huge. That's like 2K off a 10K car. They have new and used vehicles for sale, private and commercial models. I was browsing earlier and my eyes latched onto the GTR. What a beast. Come to think of it, I've got a lot of fond memories with uh, Nissans, actually. I had a friend who's not with us anymore, but he had a Nissan back in the day. He decided he was going to run it into the ground and get a new one, but the car just kept going. It was awesome. He had it for years. <laughs> he eventually retired it and got another, another Nissan. Um, yeah, so Westway Nissan have got branches all over the UK. They have one in Aldershot, the home of the British Army. Uh, for those of you who know Aldershot, it's not far from the footy ground. It's on um, Windsor Way, just down there, like two seconds from the footy ground. If you're thinking about getting a new or used car, you can save yourself a ton of cash at Westway and a discount for ex-military. Get online and have a look at westwaynissan.co.uk or better yet, get your ass into one of their branches and see the cars for yourself. Not only that, if you're ex-military and looking for work, Westway are massive on recruiting you guys and girls into all sorts of roles, from technicians and sales through to service receptionists. If you're stuck for work or not sure where you want to go in City Street, give Westway a call. They'll help you out if they can and they normally can. Westwaynissan.co.uk and Westwaynissan on social media. Bosh. Also sponsoring us today are Argus Europe. Argus Europe specialises in providing customised security solutions and bespoke training courses to both corporate clients and the general public. Argus Europe can trace their roots back to 1985, becoming incorporated in 1992 when a small team of highly trained former Special Forces military professionals with extensive UK international operational experience came together under the Argus banner. In the early years, Argus was predominantly an operational company supplying close protection for high net worth business people, their families and significant people within business, as well as supplying residential security teams to the same clientele. At this time, Argus also had multiple surveillance teams working a large portfolio of clients. Argus Europe has been providing specialist training for high net worth clients and their families since the early 1990s, and more formally for those leaving the armed forces through the LCAS system since 2007. Training has been designed utilising special forces protocols. The training is diverse and can be tailored to meet specific needs. Close protection, surveillance, private investigations, situational awareness, practical security and defensive driving are part of the Argus training portfolio. Argus Europe pride themselves on the post-course support and offer to the students as well. Argus believe that every student who attends a course should have a platform to engage with the course provider and other students once their course is over. Many course providers say this, but very few live up to their promise. Even fewer do it consistently for over 10 years. The Argus post-course support platform provides help, advice, guidance, an area to ask questions and receive answers from fellow professionals without fear of being shot down by a keyboard warrior. Another aim of the post-course support is that of employment opportunities. Although they make no promises to anyone prior to coming on the course, there are some superb opportunities available via the Argus group, often on a daily basis, some generated by Argos, others by former students and Argus group members, and that is possibly the most satisfying part of it all. Argus Europe run close protection, surveillance and private investigation courses 10 times a year. The people that conduct this training are still operating in the areas that they instruct. Argus Europe is based in County Durham, up north. Find them at argusurope.co.uk and Argus Europe on social media. On to the podcast. 
My guest today has got his own podcast called Declassified. It's superb. Sits down with uh, military, ex-military people and uh, gets the story out and talks to them in depth about a variety of things to do with their military career. I really enjoy it. You will enjoy this show. We talked about all sorts. H plus 17, Michael Coke. Michael Coates, welcome, buddy. Oh, well. Thank for your time. Good to be here, mate. I know you're a busy man, and uh, I'm for the cluster. I'm for the cluster setting this up. <laughs> I've, not, I've, not, I've not been in the studio before, so it's taken, taken, taken ages. And uh, Dan, the sound guy, was saying that they had it. I walked in, and he was walking around with a bin bag, picking all the rubbish up. They had like a recording session here until 4 a.m. They got a, <laughs> seen that? Yeah. Yeah. Like, a mice in the corner and like optics on the side. I don't think it's normally used. Who was he? Pete Doherty. <laughs> um. Declassified, mate. Yeah. Your podcast. I, I'm going to get straight into it. I didn't, uh, I didn't hear about that until, well, it's not been going long, but I think it might have been Brian Wood, MC, tweeted about it on, um, on Twitter. And then I, and I looked into it and saw the episodes he's doing. Um, I think it's really good. I think it's really good. Mm. Uh, I like that. I like that. The, the, the getting some getting ex-military in you're a soldier you're ex-military yourself you know that when you talk about your experiences with um, a civilian or you have to describe it I mean, for whatever the context may be on it like an interview maybe or like i don't know you, you know you're talking with mates you you talk about it in a very different way to what you would describe it or talk about it to another member of the military. Mm. Whatever arm they were. I mean, I'm ex-army. If you were ex-navy, I would still be talking in a certain way. It's odd. It's because you've got that connection. You're sort of more... Well, there's a community and you can't buy your way into that community. You're either in it or you're not in it. Mm. And um, so I understand what you're saying. And having that, having those conversations, especially when it's like this, like one-on-one, there's no, there's no external factors kind of influencing it. You can get some really kind of valuable stuff out of it. And um, from our point of view, it's been, one, it's been real personal. So we've we've always, we do a little bit of prep before. So we have a little conversation with them before just to make sure they're happy with the content. But there's always narratives around it, whether that be, I mean, we've done like covered, so they're all military stories, but they cover something, there's something more, the deeper meaning behind it. So we've covered like child abuse, We've covered um, suicide a couple of times. As part of that yeah. guest's background. Yeah. Mm. So we we tried creating, because we didn't know, like, you probably experienced, I don't know what I'm doing, but I knew I had to do it. I knew I want I wanted to document these stories. What, what do you mean you know what you're doing? I said I didn't know what I was doing. Oh, you didn't know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. We had, um, I'm going all over a bit here, but about nine months ago, me and, Brian would sat down just for a coffee. Like someone put us in touch. We sat down for a coffee off Oxford Street, and we were like, "He was like, um, do you know about my story?" And I was like, "No, not got a clue." How did, hang on, how did you meet Brian? Through a friend. So someone who'd who'd I think he'd done some. My mate had PTSD, and they'd done some together. Mm. So he said, "Oh, you should." I was away with him. It's loud, and he said, oh, "You should should speak to Brian. He's you know I know he's kind of close to you or works close." So, yeah, so I was on LinkedIn with him, so I just sent him a message, said, do you want to meet for a coffee? Like, we got half an hour. I went down, told me his story, which is, like, unreal. <laughs> and um, 
<coughs> and I was like, shit, like we got to document these these conversations and these stories because they might be lost. You know, people might not be forthcoming about coming out and t telling their story, especially like the average Joe who lives on a council estate in Hull. Do mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Who's done 12 years in, who's done back-to-back -back Afghans or whatever. Some unbelievable kind of value they're sitting on. And then, um, yeah, that, that led to, we went to a combat stress kind of function like dinner and um, we chance bumped into James O'Brien who was one of the presenters on LBC. Okay. He's um, he's got his own opinions about everything, right? But the one, so I don't agree with everything he has to say, but our values align. You mean as when he, when yeah. you've been listening to on LBC? Exactly. Okay, got you. So you know whether or not you agree with what he's saying or like like anybody really, but our values align. We believe in the same stuff. You know what I mean? And we had a chat with him at this dinner, and then that led to another conversation on Twitter. Is he quite political? Is he? Yeah. Right. Okay. Oh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah, I, don't yeah. I don't listen to much radio. Yeah. Yeah. No. He's he's really political, and he's but he's um. Yeah, good values, you know. And um, yeah, that led to a conversation. Then he invited us in to talk about my company, really, and what we were doing with veteran employment. And then we had a conversation afterwards. So we were talking, it was originally going to be called The Squadron Bar, and very much like this, more relaxed. The show was going to be called The Squadron yes, Bar. Yeah. yeah, originally. Off an iPhone, two lapel mics, kind of having a chat. And um, he said, you need to sort that name out and kind of get a bullet point for the, narrative of like the the headline that's when we said you know declassify because we wanted to declassify stigmas around mental fitness and well-being and all that kind of stuff Wish i thought of it and robbed it off you <laughs> Use, declassify too <laughs> declassify better <laughs> yeah more well, handsome, declassified. More handsome. <laughs> yeah well that's 100 percent um and then yeah james kind of said like maybe this is how you should should do it and and beth um the producer was like totally on board so look i'll i'll produce it for you um, and we'll do a couple of episodes, see how it how, how it goes, and then yeah, did Brian. Then we did Brian the first one, was he? Brian Brian was the first. Tell yeah. me Brian's. Tell me about Brian in a, in a nutshell. Don't um, give it all away because people should listen to it on the podcast. But because yeah. I re I read a bit about him. Go on. One is a quality bloke. Mm -hmm. One of the nicest blokes you'll come across, and wants to help other people. Um, he, Princess of Wales Royal Regiment. Uh, won the military cross on Optelic Force or Iraq in 2000 and what was it? 2004. So, on Telic 4? Yeah. 2004, wasn't it? Three? Yeah, it was yeah. the end of 04, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Telic 4, won the military cross, was with all that, with, with Johnson, Buhari and all that kind of stuff. Oh, ah, Johnson, Buhari was PWRR, wasn't he? Yeah. That's Mate, Woody saved his life. Oh, really? So when he got shot in the head, Woody jumped on with another guy and dragged him out, mm. dragged him in the back. So, yeah, with the military cross, did a lot of other stuff. Um, ended up being part of the Al the Al Sweedy inquiry, where they got dragged through the courts for mutilation and murder and all that. From his from he won the military cross at the Battle of Danny Boy, yeah, um, which was like the first bayonet charge since the Falcons and all this kind of stuff. And yeah, so. <clears throat> And that was it. And he, he suffered from PTSD and all that. And it was just basically about his, that's his story, really. And now he's doing some good stuff in working with people and he's got his book coming out and all the rest of it. Mm. Um, but an example of, so no one talks about post-traumatic growth before. Post-traumatic growth? Mm. Post-traumatic growth? Yeah. So, I've heard that before. so you, you, you're going to resonate now. So 
how have you become stronger and how have you developed how have you become more well-rounded more accepting of others because of conflict <laughs> rolling my eyes there. no go on, i'm not rolling my eyes there. do you know what i mean go, yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. how are you better because of the experiences you've kind yeah. of witnessed yeah, yeah, yeah it's not always about the stress yeah absolutely so how do you get better how has it benefited you yeah how's it benefit post like post shot post-conflict growth as well so so yeah it's a good point actually because it's it's, it's, it's a negatives from post yeah. post-traumatic negatives and post-traumatic positives i suppose which is the growth yeah. ah okay yeah go on so the yeah. first guy yeah so um so you look at you look at prosthetics so there's kids walking around now young kids walking and running because of afghanistan so the the, the medical advances in prosthetics because of conflict are now impacting people who've never experienced it so that's for me that's post-conflict growth how we've we've got better and and yeah these kids are running around i had a conversation with someone the other week his nephew was one of those people who's now got a blade and mm. um he was joe townsend he, he sent him a message and all this kind of stuff saying you know you can do it kind of kind of thing because he was getting bullied at school and they put it up on the assembly what because he had one leg he had one leg yeah kids are fuckers aren't they yeah, yeah. people are fuckers yeah. kids are but now he's cool as fuck because he's got this blade yeah. on you know he's yeah. running about nine years old so that for me is post conflict and then post post trauma growth um you 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 might have it like other guys you know will have it how of the big how like woody like he wants to tell his story about ptsd and how that's affected him and his home life that's post-traumatic growth where you you can take and, and add, take the value away and then use it it's really interesting and actually the guy on episode four a, a, a real nice book called Dr. Walter Bo uh, Dr. Walter Buzatil. He's like the head guy for the medical services that combat stress. Psychiatrist, world leading in, in trauma psychiatry. Um, was in the RAF for 16 years. Did, um, was part of the rehabilitation of all the, the Beirut hostages like Terry Waite and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, then spent 10 years rehabilitating the survivors of child sex abuse. Then went into veteran PTSD, trauma, um, ther uh, therapy, and counselling, and he was the one that introduced me initially to post-traumatic growth and that, and the benefits of it. So did he coin that term? Did he? No, I don't think so. I think it's been around for a while. Um, so I'm not sh I'm not 100 who who, but there's been p papers done on it. But it's it's like the language, isn't it? You know, like whether we like it or not, mental health has a slight negative connotation around mm -hmm. it. You know, when someone said mental health, oh, it's it's bad but actually i think it's down to people like us to go well how, how can we benefit from trauma how can we how how have our how are these stories going to help other people and add loads of value to other people um and also talk about mental well-being and mental fitness and mental resilience you know you do <laughs> you know yourself like the stuff you've gone through is you have to be resilient to go through it yeah so how are these stories going to impact a kid in his bedroom who's been bullied at school or an adult survivor of sexual abuse or someone who's suffering from post-traumatic stress from a car crash you know what i mean like so our community is full of value and full of these unbelievable stories that if used right can can yeah massively positively impact people and you'll have stories that will do that 100 mm. and i've heard them on this podcast mm. I yeah. make them all. I make them all up. It's all made up. That's what I heard. So, <laughs> so when you um, when you when you get the guests on, is the you, so I've listened to 
I've listened to most of a couple of them. Oh, yeah. I've listened. I've listened to them all. Yeah. Um. I have, yeah. I'm not same as fucking. Yeah, yeah. People listen one or two of this. It's I mean, it's more a time thing than anything. Yeah. Uh, but I find them really interesting in that uh, they're very focused on that military on the military aspect, and it's it's uh, it's sort of a, a corridor of conversation where all revolves around the same thing like you're saying there and a, a, a mental fitness mental health mental fitness i love that term. i'd forgotten about that term until i heard it on your podcast mental mm. fitness again it's it's a way of you know there's little ways of describing the same the same state but describing it in a different way gives you a different perception on it so you've got mental health when you say mental fitness you talk about the same thing mm. but mental fitness is so much more a positive term mm. you know you know you want to improve your mental fitness well, i'm in therapy to improve my mental health I'm a therapy to improve my mental fitness. Mm. The same sentence, two different people are going to take it to. Oh, okay. It's like mm. it's almost like uh, like self improvement. Yeah. Well, that's it. You can, and that's it. You know, like yourself. You don't go in the gym for six months. You go back. You're not fit. If you don't work on your mental fitness, six months, mm. you're not going to be mentally fit. That down to things like, so I run a small business. If I'm not self disciplined, and the last kind of couple of months, I've probably not been as self disciplined as I would have liked, and now I'm getting back into it, I'm getting back into the rhythm of it. Um, you, Everything goes down, and then you start becoming like, can't be arsed with stuff, you start becoming lethargic, um, your drive kind of falls down a little bit. <clears throat> um, but if you work on things, and external factors like getting enough sleep, not drinking too much alcohol, um, getting the right amount of exercise in, getting the right time with the kids and the family or your friends, and just becoming more well-rounded and, and more self-aware about what you should and shouldn't be doing and how that impacts you. Because if at the end of the week you're feeling tired and not great, you know what it's like? You might have had a couple of late nights and a few beers where you, you know, I don't know, after work or whatever, mm. um, no exercise. By Friday you feel like, shit. So that's mental fitness, isn't it? That's what I perceive that as, mental fitness, like keeping on top of it almost on a, a daily and a weekly basis. Mm -hmm. And then when you recognizing it, when you need to jump back on and get back on the treadmill, so to speak. It's a, it's a, it, it's, um, I don't think there's, there's far too few people are aware of, are you know, conscious of the, the, how big an impact the little things can make. Like you're saying, like, uh, um, like trying to, like a, your relationship with you know a loved one um and you think well yeah we'll, we'll, go, we'll go and do something we we'll go and and, mm. and and spend some time together and do this do that the other and and that actually which is sort of normal as opposed to sitting down and and, li and again i'm talking about little things sitting down and going bang right on this date we you know mm. we, oh, we're going to put aside an hour and a half or two hours every and i'm talking like mm. i'm just hour and a half two hours every week or every fortnight where we'll just, just you and me will sit there and we'll play a fucking board game or something or we'll go for a walk you know it's something that we wouldn't normally do but it's that when you assign it then you've consciously you, you've you've planned it yeah you've got a system in place to do, you know and you like, might anyway. manage that every fortnight every few weeks anyway but you like you're saying, you put yeah. the system in place you know it's going to happen so it increases it's like a it increase it's a positive impact on you because you know it's going to be planned in it's all mm. set um and the same can be said for work uh again that, that that planning kind of that, that planning kind of thing for me is huge uh and you were you you mentioned just now about what did you mention just now about um not organization yeah just not you, not being ah, self-discipline self -discipline. you talk about self-discipline 
Um, I've been terrible at it, terrible at it for a multitude of factors, you know, a, a multitude of reasons, and and it all, like I said, it's a holistic thing. Everything, everything affects everything else. Um, and my self discipline has been terrible. I, you know, I just spread myself too thin, and I end up with a load of a million different projects, and I sort of mm. gain a, a millimeter of ground every couple of days on each one. Um, but what is that self discipline? Because if you've got Let's say you've got five projects on the go, right? So you've got five projects. I said projects. Someone picked me up for you that. You say projects then. Projects. <laughs> I've got all landing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you've got five on the go, and it might be like the podcast is one, uh, sorting your family trip out, a family holiday out is another, boom, 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 mm. five. And if you just do one <clears throat> thing on each of them every day, that's that's kind of sweeping the the water towards the drain, isn't it? You know what I mean? Like you're you're brushing in the right direction. So if you just do one thing, that for me is self discipline. Pushing it every day to get yeah, to the end project. If, yeah, I I yeah, I was I'm my mental state, my mental fitness, um, is such that I I'll because my folk because of my concentration is very very my concentration span. Depending on what I'm doing, funny enough, depending on what I'm doing, it's very, very, very low. Mm. Uh, no, yeah, my concentration span. It's like, Jesus, I, I can't um, keep focusing on something for more than, you know, we're talking minutes. Mm. Uh, not even that. I can walk from I can walk from one room to the next to go and make a, a brew or go do something. Mm. And I've detoured in a different room to go and do something. And I've, you know, that's, that's the way it is. Because, and again, it's a lack of planning and, and lack of self-discipline is part of it. But it's a, it's something that my, my that's what my mentalist, mental state is. And, um, I'm just going around the houses here. Uh, going back, you're talking about uh, like po- um, post-traumatic uh, growth, mm. um, and it, I was in a, a, um, a course of therapy not long ago, and my attitude has, has always been, up to that point, was I I was this person. This is how I operated mentally. I you know, and I like that. I awesome it, mentally really really good in a number of ways and uh you know like focus and you know, like in a stressful situation and all that kind of stuff yeah. all yeah, yeah all sorts you know very rigid planning intention of detail uh and it was well i were i that's who i was i i i i i want to i got to get back that's mm. who I, why am i not that i've got to be that and <clears throat> that's what my attitude always was and it was in one of the last sessions with the with this the therapist, and um, he said, "Have you considered that? You, you, that's that was you. Now you are who you are now. You're talking. That's you now. That's you now. And you, that's who you are. You can't change it. That's who you are. Mm. And I hadn't thought that way before. I just thought I am sort of mentally deficient, really." I, I'm not in my head. I'm not as good as what I was. Um, and when he said that, I thought actually, actually it's different. I'm just different than what I was. I just I'm different than what I was. And and as soon as he said it, I thought I said it like, you know, I had a light bulb went on my head. And I thought I hadn't thought about that. Mm. And um, straight away, my perception changed. Then it was no longer about trying to fix things. Really, at that point, it was is is he right? How so? How do I, instead of trying to operate in life the way I was based on what my mental state was then, mm. operate in life the way my mental state is 
No. So that's that's all about self-awareness. Yeah, self. And I am lucky. I'm very, very self-aware. I'm yeah. very lucky in that regard. And and the majority of people aren't. And I wish they were more because it, it helps. Um. But yeah, self-awareness. And uh, and straight away, it's like that epiphany. I thought it improved things. I just improved the way I was looking at how I was. Do you, do you um do you get down about the stuff you're not good at, or do you just get someone else to do the stuff you're not? Good at. I do everything, mate. I don't get anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't even mean that. Like, um, no. What do you mean? What like, you mean? let's say, let's say you're running a business and you got the accounts, right? For me, what is the point of me trying to do the accounts? Like, there's no point because I'm rubbish at it. Like, I'll get software and I get an accountant to do the accounts because I'm self-aware that I'm shit at the accounts. Do you know what I mean? And then if I'm, why would I do graphic design when for thirty quid an hour and get a graphic designer to do it? I'm uh, self-aware that I'm not very good at that. So I can make, not make more money, but I'm better used somewhere else than I am there. That, I, that's I, uh, where my self-awareness is I look at it opposite, uh, com- completely opposite. Um, my first port of call is to, learn, is, to, is to learn how to do something myself, see if I can do it. And again, to my detriment sometimes, mm. l- see if I can do it rather than someone else because if I can do it, why should I get someone else? Now, there's various problems with that. Various benefits, various problems. One, like time. Like accounts, for example. Accounts, Yes, that is the one thing at the minute that I I outsource because again that planning and self discipline at the moment I will miss the boat on like deadlines slipping to HMRC. I already have once. Mm. Like, you get a fine. It's like oh God, you can't afford to do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, you can't afford to do it. So um, so I I palm that off. But uh, like graphic design is an interesting one. I can't remember what I was doing this a few years back. It was a few years back. I again I had time. I was I was working in Iraq and I had time. I, I, private you know when I was mm. and uh oh i tell you what it was it was designing a, a logo for the company and uh <laughs> and um i downloaded a private copy of photoshop <laughs> <laughs> and uh i sat and, and taught myself i say taught myself but online youtube if i want to i go and find out how to do yeah. it and i i'm pretty fucking good at photoshop now yeah, yeah. you know what i mean do you do same. anything for this this face <laughs> I, yeah, well, it's, it was, pl- it's, a, it's a plastic surgeon. That, yeah, there's some things you can't do. <laughs> um, but for me, to have like busy family, young family, busy business, what? But I just think, what's the point of me? Pick, and you're making yeah. sensible decisions. I don't make most sensible decisions all the time. You're right, you know. Uh, and it's it's time. It's mm-hmm. time. It's like I, I can do the like the mixing of this 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 podcast. I can do that because when I started the podcast, I went and thought I need to mix this myself. Fuck the studio. Yeah, yeah. Pardon the language. I'm doing it because I should be able to do this. Uh-huh. And I downloaded Audacity, which is an awesome, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, which is a brilliant, brilliant program. Yeah, jumped on to mix it in, brilliant. But um, sound quality was an issue. I, I want to improve the sound quality, and plus time. It was t- the time yeah. it was taking me. I had a crap laptop at the time as well. So now it's like, well, I'm in the studio, get sound engineer. Let's do that anyway. Let's do that. Because it might yeah. as well use them. Yeah, I know. And it's, it's yeah. So that is just, it's it's knowing what your strengths and weaknesses are. Like for me, you know, like you talk about sound and edit. Just never even yeah. bothered. Yeah, it just was like, breaks me. The point, I'm rubbish at this. <laughs> Someone who's really good there, I'll just get them to do it and I'll try getting it done for yeah. free. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. in this sense. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and it, and it saves us time, and I've got a team now, like, so me and Des 
on the company and that we've got some guys around us and girls that tell me about the company which company you're talking about so we uh we founded combat pest control so we deal with rats and mice and, mm-hmm. and bed bugs and all that but our team are either military veterans um all your team are veterans. yeah so all the guys on the ground are military veterans and and we've got a, an, an exec assistant who's married to a serving army officer so everyone's part of the military community that's employed yeah, and every job we do, so we go to a domestic job, we educate a street child in Afghanistan, and then all our commercial work clears landmines around the world. So, so, go back, say mm-hmm. that again. So every time we go, like if I come to your house to do a wasp nest, yeah. we, you, part of that revenue, will provide a days of education to a street child in Afghanistan. Ah, so you donate kind of thing. Yeah. Is, so, that, the way it is? is that what it is? Well, we originally... We never had a company. I was in the fire service. Des was doing private security on the boats and, and whatnot. And um, one of our mates started suffering from PTSD, and but bad, like shit the bed bad. You know what I mean? And we were like, we need to do something. So I had a little van, I was doing a bit of pest control. And um, I said, let's just set a company up, give 10% of our profit away. You were working for somewhere else? No, I was just like, but, you know, like a fire service, you have a second job. Oh, right, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I was yeah. just... Yeah, essentially, I was just doing a, a bit of work for la- some of the lads and all that. Yeah. And um, so let's set a company up, give 10% of our profit away, um, like combat stress or whatever. And then, yeah, we're making a little bit of an impact. And then when we sat down and said, what do we want to achieve through business? Because, yeah, business is often perceived as, like, a devil. You know what I mean? Like, this yeah. force for bad. And we were like, well, how can we create business for a force for good? Uh, so we said, what do we want to do? Employ... Veterans, reservists, spouses, partners. We want to educate and assist children in conflict. Mm-hmm. We want to protect our customer because all of our guys have always, have always protected people, whether it's prison, fire, police, after after the military stuff, but all the guys have been in the military, protecting, protecting. And then we wanted to support our injured service personnel. So they're the four things we kind of live off. So our decision-making is based on them four things. So whether it's like running a ultra marathon or one of the guys will be running an ultra marathon or doing the podcast because that's why we did it yeah. the podcast is all about supporting injured service personnel and now in turn that's led to supporting other people because of the community so that's what why did we get onto the business thing i asked you about mm. business uh because you were saying you said you and you you, uh, you had no you right you were saying that you had no... Oh, that was it. It was having it. people around me. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, so that community so around me with the team now enables me to be sat here. Like, I've just come from doing a podcast this morning. So they appreciate that I'm still working, although it's sat, sat here and not out sorting bed bugs out. But we're not a pest control company. That's what we do. But we're a veteran-owned, operated company. You know, we provide ed- education and assistance to children in conflict. And we support our injured. What's it called? The company. Yeah. Combat Pest Control. Oh, sorry. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and yes, yeah, so all all the commercial works. So if we do a cafe in Chiswick or whatever, we we um provide thirty square meters of minefield clearance. So we have um, a partner with an organisation called the Popo, who train African pouch rats to go into African pouch rats. Yeah, these big things, like big big things, like two foot. That big, yeah. Too big, too big yeah. old thing. Yeah. Why are they called pouch rats? Got a big pouch. 
Well, yeah. like a kangaroo? Yeah, I think so, yeah. <laughs> go on, what do they do? And then, yeah, then they, they train them, they go into minefields, yeah. um, and they find the ordnance, but they're too light to, to detonate. So they go in, scratch at the surface, the handler comes in, marks it, and then gets rid of them. A rat? On. Yeah, mate. How do they... Th- that's awesome. Yeah, How they, do they get to do that? Yeah, there's a doc. I'll um I'll send you the link. There's a there's like a ten minute, fifteen minute documentary about him, and it all starts from being tiny and where they scratch at the service and the handler will be watching and he clicks and gives him a treat just for scratching. Oh, and it's like God. training a dog, and then they build them up and build them up and build them up until they're getting ordnance and and um all the kind of stuff affiliated with with mines really. But they do like fifty percent of all landmine injuries are kids. You know, I was in the Royal Engineers. Des was in the Royal Engineers. Well, we're both on You're engineers, were you? Yeah. I didn't realise. Okay. okay. Yeah. Why did I think you were two nine? I don't know. No, you're not, two, you're not two nine. My next guess is two nine. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Engineers, right? Yeah. I didn't realise that. Okay, I got you. Yeah. So were you a firefighter before that or after? No, I joined at 16. So I joined as an apprentice at 16. Straight from... You know what it's like? Just escapes Hull, basically. I, from, I was going to ask yeah. you from Hull, yeah. 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 Mate, you need to escape that place. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, like loads of people, I'm sure you might have a similar story, but you definitely know people. You just want to escape and go do something bigger than, than yeah. staying as a mechanic or working in a shop. And I've always wanted to do it. And yeah, join at 16. Um, my brother was in, so he was in. He did 20 years in. I got redundant, you know, made redundant, uh, took redundancy a few years ago. So he was in the engineers. So I kind of followed in his footsteps. Mm-hmm. Um, did six years in, did Telic and then Telic 3. And I was just like disillusioned with it. What so, were you doing in the engineers? What was your job? So I was just, a, I was in a field troop. So Telic, we did explosives. So we, when we went, was you on Telic? Yeah. So when we crossed the border and went through, all you lot pushed through into Basra and all the rest of it. But there was so much left behind. All, all the the Russian tanks and all the the rockets and stuff, we just got left behind and we were just getting rid of them all. Oh, just yeah. basically blowing them up. Yeah. And then once you lot did the business, and um, yeah, went into that peacekeeping kind of phase. We then started construction. So then we built that big tented camp in Shiber Air Base. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, so that, I, 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 sorry, sorry to interrupt. I yeah. thought that um, I thought the engineers. I mean, again, yeah. <laughs> The engineers where you, you were you were specialised in the roles. So if you were like in demolitions, you nah. were demolition. No, you sort of multi. Yeah, you do every, yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't know. Yeah, that. I didn't know. So that. We, a field, a field troop. Although there's like amphibious, so the amphibious lads will just do that. Yeah. The armoured lads will do that. But as a field troop, you know, we Talik, we did loads of explosive stuff. But like lads were going out building bridges, especially Talik three. They did a massive one. Um, built prisoner war camp. Right at the start, one of our troops did that when they first crossed, and it was with the Duke of Wellingtons, and they built a big prison and war camp. Um, Duke of Wellingtons, yeah, that's right, isn't it? What regiment? Yeah, nah. What year was this? Two thousand and three. Duke of Wellingtons. Man, I think you just made that up. Have I? It's a Yorkshire regiment. Is it? I hope not, because if it exists and I've never heard of it, they're hating me right now. I've just lost a whole bunch of listeners. let me have a look. Duke of Wellingtons. Maybe battal- a battalion. Duke of... I'm doing this now. I'll get called yeah, out. Have a look. Is that, I'll uh, get the, called you, out. You're, uh, your t- while you're looking, your T-shirt makes sense now if you're engineers. Hesco T-shirt. Exactly. I like I that, I'd, uh... He's dead, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I met, I met him before, before he 
Pop this plug. We were we were um, I was on a Dems course in uh, um, well, I can't remember where it was, and um, he had the new he, yeah he, Duke of Wellington's, what West Riding seventeen oh two to two thousand and six. Ah, oh sorry, Duke of Wellington's. Did they did they change name or did they just cease to exist? Did they get amalgamated? They, they went into the uh, Kings, I think Kings Division. Right. Okay. Form part, forming part of the King. Anyway, fucking hell. Edit that. <laughs> the most boring is yeah. two minutes of no, this, of these episodes so far. Um, yeah, they, well, they did loads of loads of stuff. Anyway, demolitions, construction. Yeah. On the water to tell it through. Some of our lads with boat troop who they were supporting special forces and doing the doing the patrols on the mm. on the the um, the river there. Um, so loads of stuff, and then you got nine squadron who, who would be with you and they'd do all that kind of stuff. Um, where were we going? I can't remember. We were talking about uh we talking about we were talking about Iraq. We do, um we were talking about Iraq. Oh my career. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, and did tell it one, did tell it three. Yeah. Just became disenfranchised, like just was not getting what we were doing. Sick of being in a four man room in Germany. Just Is that was, where you were based? Yeah, I was in Paderborn, yeah. Yeah, yeah I was in th- with three five. I never went there in any any bar Germany. Yeah, never went. I've been to Germany obviously visit like Yeah. I never went there in any, any you know what? places. It was it was really good. I've heard that, yeah. Three five was really good, like real family. Three five engineer regiment. Okay. Yeah, really, really good. Everyone was close. Everyone stay, you know, like cause everyone stays. They don't go home on weekends. Um, good social life. Good rugby. Mm. Really, nothing but good stuff. Really about you know being in Germany and and being part of it. But yeah, just get. Just fed up with it. Loads of lads was at the same time as that. Loads of lads was like... With life or with Iraq or what? Just with the military. I think the communication from higher was poor. So going backwards and forwards to to places like Iraq at that time, just to to me, felt like a... Pointless. You think that now? No, not now now looking back. Is that what you mean? Yeah, now looking back. No, totally grateful that I, I had the experience what about my stomach's rumbling i hope it can't be you in the mic <laughs> i uh are you hungry yeah i've got brownies in the bag mate <laughs> <I'm fine for laughs> now. um from so looking back on it here was was that was telic beneficial for iraq All I know, <laughs> right, Go on. is when we were on Telic 3, people never had electricity and running water, and then obviously Telic 4s and 5s, loads of people started dying. You might have a different take of it. What do you mean? Like the civilian population. Lots of debt. I, no, you know what? That, right, explain that. Go on, go on. Have you read Tony Blair's biography, autobiography? No. Yeah, no. it's just non- nonsense. I don't want to get too political with this one. No, it's but fine. It, it, I don't... And this is what I'm talking, you know, like the communication from higher. Yeah. I don't think it reached the bottom, especially us. What was going on there? Like, how was life getting better? Yeah. And that's why I became, because I've always been about purpose and meaning yeah. from being a kid, really, and wanting to help people. And, and that's probably why I joined the fire service and why I set the company up. And I didn't feel like we were doing anything except looking after ourselves out there. Mm-hmm. But it was from a mainly because it was well, maybe the tasks I was on were all kind of centric around 
supporting ourselves. I don't know. What do you think? I'm just thinking there. Um, I, I, I was trying. While you were talking there, I was listening. I was yeah, 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 yeah. I was thinking um, what I thought we were doing when when we did a Detelic. Did Detelic one? Or did Detelic. Detelic one and Detelic eight. Yeah, or Detelic four. So I don't know. I went in two thousand three for the four, and then went in two thousand five. When the year before um, the Afghan tour. Um, and I was trying to think in that 2005 tour. Jesus, you hear that then? My stomach. Uh, uh, in that 2005 tour, what, what if I could remember what I thought we were doing there? My main recollection of uh, that 2005 was um. Was the uh, the discovery of internet dating sites? And I can't remember, I can't remember much else. What were we there for? What were we doing? Ah, like I'm trying to think of the specific tasks. I know we were we were going patrol along the Iranian border and visit Iraqi police checkpoints, and we do we check their weapons and serial numbers, and like engage with them, yeah, you know, as in just help see help them out and. Everything I eat and blah blah blah. Uh, but why were we there? I, I no one's I ever asked me that question. I, 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 the thing is, here is that I don't believe I don't believe that operation should have happened. I don't. I don't think it should. I have. don't think that is not to say that I don't think good came from it. A lot of bad came from it, but I think good came from it as well. Um, uh, but the state of Iraq now compared to four and when i say state i'm just talking in general like um the the way of life the standard of living um the you know the the the, the, the how content people are uh and you're never going to achieve in those middle eastern regions or 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 anything less than the first world region right the third world really you're not going to achieve the standards that you have in the west which which wrongly is what the the operations are described as aspiring to do mm. i mean afghanistan you know bringing a democratic you know government that has got better you know communication more connected people it's not gonna, it's not gonna fucking happen sorry it's not gonna happen the same as it's not gonna happen in iraq because they're a completely different culture they may as well be another species they may as well be another species and i don't mean that in a detrimental mm. way i mean that in this so different to us in the same way that Eskimos are so different to Americans, you know, and Chinese. Well, it's, are so it's culture, to... isn't it? Mm, it's it, yeah. it's culture. Absolutely. Absolutely. And up until, let's just say a hundred years. No, let's say less. Let's say fifty years ago, mm. well, travel was stunted. You couldn't go and impact different cultures. Like I know there's been wars and stuff, but you know what I'm saying. Like now, well, travel. I could go to Heathrow now and go anywhere in the world. You know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. so we we've never had the impact on different cultures like we've had right now. So when we go to places and we look at another culture and then try and form we, it into something like what you just mentioned then about being democratic and not da, 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 when actually they've come from tribal for, and it's not detrimental, it's just the fact. Mm. I don't know, I'm not going to comment too much on Afghan because I don't know, but I'm interested, it's interesting what you just said then. Um, Do you feel like it was different from Iraq to Afghan because you did both? Do you feel thing? like the, the purpose was different? why we were there like do you feel like one was 
outweighed the other. In the in why? <laughs> is in a military sense, as you as a bloke on the ground, did you feel like you was more you you had there was more meaning of you been in Iraq or Afghanistan? Ooh. Um. Well, I didn't, you don't think about it at the time. You don't think about it at the time. I I didn't. Uh, I didn't. I I think I was. Uh, this is, I'll answer the question for what I think now. Yeah, yeah. But going back, um, I, I thought about this in the past. I've been at. Yeah, I've been at when you know when the Afghan tours have gone on. Um, sort of in between, I have that question sometimes. You know, should we be especially after the second one. As time went on and more people getting killed, should we be there? You, you sort of query it sometimes. I would query it sometimes and. Mm. The answer I would I would get queried it sorry should we be there all that unusual stuff and um, you I'd never addressed it Iraq I'd never addressed should we be there or not Northern Ireland I'd never addressed should we be there or not Afghanistan I never addressed should we be there or not and then a question came why well, why why don't I address it and it's because I think that one you're in that career it's a fucking career you're doing what you're told yeah within reason. The same as in any job, yeah, right? yeah. doing what you're told, right? And as soon as I think that's morally or ethically wrong, yeah, you, then uh, I'm sorry, I might be questioning you, but I was very fortunate to never have that situation. That's not to say everyone else didn't. Yeah, I had very good commanders and I had very good blokes below me. <coughs> um, but as soon as you start to question it, if you question it, then all of a sudden your mind, if your mind sort of strays from the the, the task at hand, the mission, to should we even be here? then your ability as a soldier or commando or whatever you're doing, whatever your role is, your your ability to make sound judgment uh, in, in stressful situations or not becomes becomes less less mm. able, I think. Um, going after, think about it now with that question. Yeah, that, that's where I want to be out there, where what what's happening now, looking back. Do I think? Do I think that one was was more worth than the other kind of thing? Would, would yeah, I, yeah. I think that one had more promise in it than the other, and was and it was more beneficial to this day was and that's Iraq over Afghanistan. My phone's going. Um. Yeah, I think Iraq had more promise in it because. Smaller country. Mm. Um, we'd remove the government, uh, so it's almost like a clean slate, almost like a clean slate. The all of the the, the allies involved in that situation were very much aligned. There were a lot of assets. Look how many troops the Americans had in there. Mm. <laughs> the only place we fell short was now. This is not to say the reason we're in there is the right reason. The, the reason we went in there, if but I I'm asking, yeah, yeah, the thing I think is like, what do you think? What do I think? What that, that was the question. It was not like, do what's the overall political state of it or whatever. It was like you as a bloke on the ground, did, and I think you've answered the question really well. Like one was, we had a better chance of doing something positive in one than the other. Mm, yeah. Do you resent any of them? Like, no. No. Oh, right, okay. No, no, I don't resent them. Um, none at all. Uh, the, the I think, I think that gen. Well, I think for, for almost every operation that's ever happened from, with a, with a first world fucking country, America, US, the reasons that is, the reasons that is shoved down the public's throats for going onto those 
is almost always false. Mm. It's not the reason. Mm. The reason is almost entirely, all almost always a power thing, be that financial power, political power, um, military power, uh, or influence. Um, definitely the case with Iraq. Definitely the case with Afghanistan. Definitely the case with Libya. Definitely the case with Vietnam. Definitely the case with uh, um, Korea. You know, we didn't like. We didn't go to Iraq because Saddam Hussein was a bastard. We want to get him out. If that's the reason you go to countries, because there's a rep oppression going on, yeah, you want to get rid of leaders. Oh, he's a bad guy and people mm. are oppressed. There are about fucking a yeah. hundred countries in this world, and probably seventy or eighty of those. If there's more, look at Africa. Almost all of Africa. Yep. Almost all of Africa. Those little countries. You know how easy it would be to go and get rid of some horrible dictator throw them out and turn that country around in probably in months in some of them if you don't do it why not why don't you do it because politically it has no benefit geographically strategically as from a military point of view it has no benefit financially it has no benefit those countries have no assets in any way shape or form so why are we going to throw and this is not me saying it's right or wrong this is this is the fucking case why is the uk government the us government or any government going to go let's go into i don't know Togo. Togo's a bad example, but let's say Togo's have dramas. Well, let's go to Togo and get rid of that dictator and turn that place around. It's tiny. They've got hardly any people. We can probably do it in about a year. Probably won't even lose any troops. Just chuck some money in it. No. Why? Mm. People, the people are oppressed. We can improve their lives. No. Why? Why is it not even entertained? There's no benefit to be had apart from improving people's lives. There's no benefit to be had. Even when you look at like um like a war. The Iraq War. How much money has been made afterwards? How much money has been made afterwards? The millions and millions and billions, trillions, trillions, yeah. trillions of pounds of ongoing reconstruction, this, that, and the other. The drama still now. ISIS. Look at Syria. Do you know what they're saying? Uh, it's, yeah. uh, the, the amount of money it's going to cost to rebuild it. Well, fucking surprise, surprise. Mm. Surprise, surprise. Not only has it gone from a um, strategically important area of the world, Syria, you know, a, a, a borders with Iran, borders with Iraq, borders with Turkey, borders with Lebanon. It's critical, critical with the, the power struggle that's gone on over there at the minute. Not only that, so it's a benefit for us to get a foothold in there. I'll stop other people getting a foothold in there, like the Russians. Yeah. But in terms of the money it generates after. There's a long game in it. And yeah. these these conflicts and, um, you know, you, you bring it down to its kind of bare bones of it. Yeah. Young blokes seeking adventure yeah. get then get pushed into places yeah. like you and me and all the rest of the guys and girls that are listening. And then who, from, from my side of things, looking in, who are the people that benefit least or are or, or adversely affected? Children in conflict, like, get hammered. Like, what is... Are children in, are children in these conflict areas benefited no no like i don't think so looking in and, um, I, and maybe pockets but i'm not and that's why we're so passionate as a company about because we spoke to a lot of people about this you know before we've started actually giving cash essentially especially to kids in afghanistan and about all the stuff around kind of thursdays out there and that systematic rape of that happens with with young boys and and the, where is this? Oh, Middle East, Af Afghan, yeah, oh, yeah, okay. Afghan specific, yeah, and 
um and that's why for real is like kind of kind of small can can the military community that went out there then have a positive impact every one of us like as a small business or an individual can we impact that's why i see it like i just think i think being a dad as well changes things and and the way you look at especially kids and and advantages and um opportunity and all my kids have got to do when they walk out into the garden is dodge a dog poo <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah and these kids in afghan and wherever else in the world that have to dodge landmines to go to school or maybe even if they get a chance to go to school and then mm. gone ranting there mate no no it's fine it's, think... it's, it's an interesting question i mean i i've there's no way I'm looking at, oh God, you can, you can go around the houses with it, you know, and look at it in a million different perspectives and find positives and negatives in them all. Um, uh, sorry, my, I, I'm not being rude, my, the next, it's the, I think the next guest might be lost. <laughs> um, you, I, I described it the other day as, look, did, was it, was it, I was asked, I think I was asked, you know, was it, did, was, was it a good thing you're going in now or in Afghan it was yeah. or not? Did you have a positive impact? Um, well, look, the life of, let's take the life of a, a, a kid, the life of a kid. Right? Mm. And the kid, the kid, oh, Afghan, what, it's going to live to be about 50 odd. Yeah. Probably life expectancy, mid fifties, late fifties, I think it is now. I might be wrong there, but there are thereabouts. And over the course of their life, probably I say they're in Helmand or in some, uh, you know, in some other remote, uh, like agricultural um, province, <clears throat> where they're not, you know, in the city or anything like that. And over the course of their life, they're almost entirely going to be under the control under the Taliban regime. They don't know any different. It ain't that bad. It isn't that bad, right? Unless it isn't that bad to be under them. It's not that bad. You Sharia law. Yeah, you pay your fine. You, you just to pay you 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 paying someone else money instead of paying taxes, right? Yeah, you paying the Taliban whatever the, the money is for them being in there and help and keeping you secure and keeping thieves away. They do all sorts, right? They're complete bastards as well, mind like the education yeah, yeah, yeah. and the way they yeah, oppress yeah, yeah, women yeah. and all the rest of it, right? Now over the course of that life, that may be the case, um, but we know about the education side. Um. We talk about the education side with girls. Now, let's say, well, we went into Afghan and we did a six-month tour or one of them, you know, uh, and we went, into, let's say we went in a village for a couple of weeks or even four or five days. No, let's say a couple of weeks, right? Enough time so that we had a, a, um, a Team Pink, which you call them a PNK. They, they, were, they, were, like a, they were like a outreach team who were grown, they were the education and all that, right? So they were going to speak to schools and try and get things up and running and improve life for education and other, other aspects. So for that two weeks we were there, maybe the, the children had a, a school set up or was it able to open back up for a bit and we had aspirations that, you know, put things in place so that school could carry on and they had a bit of education. Um, and then we left and six months later left and then the British forces left in 2000 and whatever it was, 15 or whatever it was, 16. And it went back to what was under the Taliban. But for that short period of time, be it a couple of weeks over the uh, months or could even be a couple of years if there was British there, or um, forces in all the time, not just British, and that education could go on, 
then the life of that child was improved for that time. Okay? It didn't get worse. It improved. Mm. So over that 50-odd year, like 50-odd year span of their life, it improved. They probably had access to, like, decent water. They probably had access to, like, to basic stuff for school. For that, for that it, short for period, that short of, period time. of time. Yeah. Which means, on average, their life, okay, on average, is that little bit higher quality yeah. across the board of it than it would have uh, been yeah. if we weren't there. That's how... It's not really justified. That's how I look at it. No, but it's there's like, a you know uh, let's say there's a hundred percent, let and that's two percent. Well, that's that's good enough, isn't it? Like that's two percent. That's mm-hmm, good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's where the positive. Where can we draw the positives out of it? Um, and now as business, where can we draw the positives out of it? Like now. I mean, there's other there's other things to look at. I'm just looking at the positive. There's other things to look at. Like I mean, go back to Iraq. You know, with your experience there. Um. Place is fucking trashed, mate. There's that. There's areas of that place that were fucking destroyed because we were there. Destroyed because we were there. Yeah. Their lives, the people who lived in those areas, if they're still alive, right? If they're still alive, are completely worse off than before you were there. You know. I mean, there's two sides to it. I, it's. Uh, Which is my point, and actually going round about it, and we, we've we've talked, and I'm really interested in your side of that then, because you've experienced one. Um, a lot more than me, especially with the Afghan thing, and then with the private kind of sector as well. And you talking about like dictatorships and people living under them. Is it that bad? I don't know. Then you come in for a, a, a brief period of time and then move out. What's then? What's, what's bad the though? What's bad though, my God? Yeah. What's bad? Right? Look at this. Look at the pygmies. Look at the pygmies, right? In the Congo, where the pygmies live. All the, like the, the, the tribes have never been touched by Western, by any civilization. Have, yeah. uh, had never had any, there's a name for them, never had any connection with any other civilization apart from themselves, right? They flip and chop wood all day. They blow blowpipes into monkeys so they can eat them. And that's it. And they go to sleep. That's it. And they do little dances yeah, yeah, around the fire, yeah. right? Do you think they think they're worse off? No, and I'm not saying, yeah, I'm not saying <laughs> that either. No, I know you're not. Yeah, I know, like, I know. So when you go to the dictatorship, it's like, well, it ain't that bad. They don't know any better. Yeah. And if they're in a village, right, being run by Saddam, if they're in a village in Iraq, right, and they're being run by a, 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 the, the dictator Saddam Hussein who sits in Baghdad his Iron Throne, they probably don't even got a clue about it. Mm. They haven't got a clue. And it's even more so for Afghan. Do you think uh, a village elder or a, a farmer, right, in the depths of Helmand, gives a flying fish about who is the Prime Minister in Kabul? Do you think they even know it's a flipping government? Half the time, no. When we went in there, right, I remember when we went in on that first tour, they were in, there was two separate villages we went into, two around, and, they, and, and, and two of them, English speakers, and two, two people, separate villages, separate times, separate patrols, asked if we were Russian. <laughs> yeah. Are you Russian? No. Honestly, because English. Yeah, yeah. English. Are you Russian? No. I haven't got a clue. And that was like, it wasn't a village, it was a town. The town. Oh, you know, not. They didn't got a clue. So, who cares what who, who cares what governments in place in Kabul? Who cares? Their lives are the, it's the same quality same, almost. Yeah. Unless you're going to improve, like you're talking about infrastructure, electricity, water, and all the rest of it. Basra to this day still has only twelve hours of power a day. Twelve <laughs> hours, right? The oil fields in southern southern uh, southern Iraq. Okay, listen to this, right? So, bear in mind that's Basra. 12 hours a day they got power for. The oil fields in southern Iraq, right? You, you've seen the iconic... Well, you've been seen for, yeah. for real. The iconic flames, yeah. right? They're, they're, burn, they're burning off gas. Excess gas, right? I don't know if you know this. In the, in the oil. When you drill into an oil field, okay, there's, it, there's byproduct. 
Yeah, one of the byproducts is gas. Okay, so there's a name for it, common name of the gas, right? In the worst oil fields, okay, that byproduct gas can't be used for anything. Literally, you just fucking burn it off into the atmosphere. Mm. Yeah, in the best oil fields, the highest quality oil fields, that byproduct gas, hypothetically speaking, you could pipe it straight into a house, straight into your cooker, and be used directly for cooking. No processing needed directly for cooking on a gas stove, right? All of the oil fields in southern Iraq are the highest quality. The highest quality, okay? Which means all of that, all those flames are burning off the highest quality gas, which you could pump into a house, right? And use it. They're burning it off. They burn enough of that gas off in one day, in one day in southern Iraq, to power the whole of Iraq for six months. Six months. Burn it off. Gone. Because no one's willing to put the infrastructure in to pipe it out, and because the southern, the southern, the southern part, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, deemed, yeah. Um, it's not deemed stable enough to, to do it. And southern Iraq is flipping more stable than the north. Just burn it off, mate. And Basra, in the same part of the country, has power for twelve hours a day. Not even twenty-four. It's it beggars belief. It beggars belief. You well, can't, it, it beggars just goes belief. into corruption and. Fuck yeah, mate. Interesting. Cornerstone of civilization, the birth of civilization. If you're a Christian, that's where. If you're a Christian and you believe in, like, if you believe in the Garden of Eden, Garden of Eden, Southern Iraq, what Garden of Eden, worst corner. So, hanging gardens of Babylon there. That yeah. there, wasn't ba- it? Yeah, Babylon, Babel, yeah. yeah, Babel. That was fed by the Tigris, wasn't it? And all yeah. that area, wasn't it? Yeah. And um, and you, I mean, I don't know enough about it, but you look at Islam, the actual kind of infancies of it, and the the, the science behind it, and how it was, how it flourished and and progressed beyond anything the West had to offer. I'm on about hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Well, I'm Unreal, sure that um, Unbelievable. some of the most, some of the, I, th- I think like the early, the, the, sort of the birth of mathematics and the first mathematicians, I might get this wrong, were Mesopotamia. Yeah, Mesopotamia. Iraq, yeah, 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 yeah. Weren't they? I, I'm sure I read that somewhere. I don't know too much about the history of Islam. I, I don't. No, I but don't. It's, it was the, the science that that came, it was unreal. If you delve into it, mm-hmm. I'm not clever enough, but... Um, yeah, well, unbelievable. Where they are, I'm. Where they are, there, there would be a point in time where there was they were that area. They were much further evolved, further evolved than anywhere else in the world, really. And why by that area, I mean, this is based on man evolving. So Homo erectus before Homo sapiens, Homo erectus in you know southern Africa, where we mm. was where we was the birth of yeah, yeah. human civilization, yeah, yeah. right? And then Homo sapiens, and the way the way that the, we moved out into the world from there was up north, well, up north across Africa, and then into Asia, Middle East, into Europe. That's that's where it was there. Yeah. So those people there, that, that that was that was right at the start of evolution. So they were there. They were you know, if it took a thousand years for a, a tribe to settle else further on into the world. Well, they were a thousand years ahead, which would make sense that that um, intellectually, if you like, they were they were further on. There was it's interesting that people who are listening in <laughs> expecting a military thing. Now we're going to talk about Neanderthal man, right? <laughs> yeah, and the um, crossbreeding between Homo sapien and Neanderthal man. Well, anyway, the first genocide was us against Homo erectus. Mate, wipe them out, fucking wipe them out. We've killed him. That's how we, that's how we came to survive. Yeah, yeah. Like there's, they literally they know where the last group, well, based on science, that they don't think there's any other. They know where the last group of Homo erectus were, and that's Homo erectus was the, this. The, you're probably still part Homo erectus looking at you. 
was this Neanderthal man <laughs> with his brow? The, yeah, it was Neanderthal man before yeah. us, right? And then, and then Homo sapiens evolved, and we just wiped them out. Bye, gone, gone. You know, there's um, there's this is a brilliant mate, a brilliant series. You would love it. It's called Man's Incredible Journey or The Incredible Journey of Man. It's one or the other. I can't remember what it's called. BBC documentary. I, I think it's a four parter maybe. And it this is where I got the information from. Hopefully, hopefully it's Jan. It's, it it try it's uh, what a Channel Five production uh, yeah. was it? <laughs> it's a female um, uh, paleontologist. Paleontologist, yeah, yeah, paleontologist. Yeah, and it's she literally tracks. She finds not finds it. They know where it was. Birth of man, South Africa, and she basically goes, "Well, what happened? Where did we go after that?" Mm. And she looks at how, based on historical evidence, how m- m- man, human, man, right. I'm talking, about, I'm talking about people, men and women, yeah, but man, yeah, yeah. but man evolved throughout the world, and um, and like over oh, China, why like Siberia? Why did we stop in Siberia? It's mental. Who would want to live there? It's like why did we stop here? And how are they still surviving? How? How do they? It's, it's brilliant, mate. Like, and she, there's a over. Oh, they go to China, right? And there's um, and it's like why do they look so different? You know why? Why all blah blah blah. There's a growing group of scientists, as in growing, it's a, getting a bigger number, or paleontologists and scientists and whatever other ists there are, right, who have the belief that the Chinese, okay, I'm, I'm using um, that general area, yeah. China being the biggest part, right? yeah, you've got yeah. Mongolia and all of that, but that, that area, okay, so Oriental, okay, if that's even allowed to be said anymore, said anyway, <laughs> are a completely different species. They're not Homo sapiens. Oh, really? Yeah, not Homo sapiens. They're not Homo sapiens. And it's based on um, the evolution of the cranium and the brain. And there's a difference. They say there's a difference. And on the program, Man's Incredible Journey, or whatever, I can't remember the name, they, they, she looks into it there. And he, the, there's a Chinese guy, and, and he's explaining it like this and this. And like, oh, this is, oh, not, even, not even Homo sapiens explains a lot. <laughs> Joking. Yeah, it's really interesting, mate. Really is that, that interesting. Is, I think I might have seen... That was where I got the information from about Neanderthal man breeding with... They did, yeah. And there's so much still in us because they, yeah. they could adapt. The ones that bred could adapt to the cold yeah. and, and they literally passed their genes on yeah. to, to adapt that yeah, one. Yeah, There's another thing from it. Um, so, true, all true Europeans, so that means like your ancestors all the way back were European, yeah. So, born in yeah. Europe... They can, we can all be traced back. I'm going to say we. I'm assuming you are. All right, all be traced back to one woman. We all have the same ancestors, Europeans, and her name is Europa. The name, the the paleontologist named Europa. So when when this is fact, this is fact. We've all got a DNA. All true Europeans have got a DNA. All came from the same grandmother, right? When the tribes were moving through, that's what they were tribes. There was a group that went off. What's that? What's the the land? Uh, you know in Turkey we got the, the land that joins because Turkey's part of Asia and Europe isn't it right yeah yeah and that there was a small bit of landmass went across to into Europe because it's essentially an island right, right. It's a massive fucking island and it was one tribe that went across one woman and from that tribe this one woman everyone in Europe came from as in down you know ancestors all the way back yeah, yeah. she was the one person so everyone goes back to one. All everyone's DNA goes back to her. One person. It wasn't like four or five of them. It's one. One. It's fucking awesome, mate. I mean, that's quite specific, well, you, isn't it? Well, when you look at it like that, it's like when you look at it like that, you can say 
that we all came from one person in South Africa. Everyone. Everyone. Well, there must have been some, Everyone. the chicken and egg situation. There must have been some, at one point. Oh, no, is they? Like, no, no. Not. We all came. They asked him one woman who gave birth to someone else or a bunch of them. And then it's bigger and bigger. We're all part of the same family tree. Black skin, fucking brown skin, or whatever skins you get. Yellow skin, you're not allowed to say that, but. Like, I did not think I was going to have this conversation today. I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I, I didn't. I was walking, when I was walking back from the shop earlier and bumped the US outside, I was thinking, because uh, racism pisses me off, right? And I was thinking, yeah. how would you, why? I was thinking, um, I was thinking, there's a, we are going right at the tangent. I was thinking, there, with the racism side of things, there is a problem in, 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 in when you refer to someone of colour, you'll say coloured person, not black person, right? Well, that inherently is, I am, like, that's just the way it is, okay? But that in itself, the way that's done, is wrong. It, in that it, it, it doesn't help, it, it sort of, it, it separates the whole project. It, yeah. Because look at this, right? Because what's black? Yeah. What is it? What's, what's, uh, what's half cast? What is it? It's not. And I, I, I literally, this is on a two-minute walk back up. I was thinking, well, it's, it's completely wrong because you can't define black. At what point does black not become black? At what point? At what point does a Chinese person, as in that, that skin colour, not become the, like Oriental Far Eastern looking? At what point? How would you define it? You fucking can't. And I was thinking the way to liken that is you look at white, okay, on Photoshop, yeah? You've got your whole colour spectrum. Look at white and black from white. And you can shade it all the way through all the grayscales, all the way to black. Yeah. Well, how do you pick each one of those out? If you're in, the, if you're going to describe to someone um, part of it, you say, right, which bit are you talking about? Uh, right. See, the slightly darker. No, slightly darker. The dark again. You don't say the black, the black one. You know, it's like you don't say the 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 white. Well, it's one. that kind of thing where it does promote separation. It's the so thing. Instead I, of, you never get rid of it. Like, rid of you walk it. out. I walked out of. Um, the tube then and um which is miles away from here by the way yeah, you got to white city didn't you yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and um I, I don't give a shit me about anyone around me as in like as long as no one's having a negative impact or making someone else unhappy don't care and yet- you can do whatever anyone can do whatever they want to do and be whoever they want to be i think it's because i've lived in london for so long because it wasn't like that when i was in hull and just having a more well-rounded, just like if everyone's happy, yeah, yeah, I'm cool with anyone. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's when people start impacting on happiness, and which includes things like separation and all the rest of that kind of stuff. But at the same, I agree with you. I'm totally on board, mate. You just, just fucking be nice, and I ain't gonna mm. mess with you. You know what I mean? Um, mess with you. <laughs> I'm not gonna I, be nice. Yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna hold you in disregard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, we inherently have discrimination built into us. Fact. Mm. You know, like, it's, um, you know, if you've got... Oh, so you look at the military, right? When you join, when you join, your section is the best section and every other section is shit. Your troop is the best troop and every other section, every other troop shit. Your cat badge is the best cat badge and every other cat badge is shit. Mm. Right? That is built... Like, and it's there's a reason for it, right? And all the rest of it, and pride and all the rest of it. But it's a very relevant way of looking at it it's true though isn't it but but together you're strong mm-hmm. and that's and, and together no one messes with a, yeah our section no one messes with our troop no one messes with yeah. our thing yeah it's a, yeah and that's a very yeah loose term of 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 of, 
hopefully saying what he was going to say. Well, he wasn't going to say that, but what? no, about about it's inbuilt. Oh, the discrimination. Great. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. It's how how do you move? Um, how do you move? How the problem? Uh, okay, I'm going back to the reason. This interests me at the moment. It it's, uh, it seems to me like the the effort to move away from discrimination against people of darker skin is being hampered by the fact that it's gone too far to it's almost gone full circle to be racist back the way um in and i mean that in there's a discrimination against people of lighter skin yeah I, uh and the witch and mm, i want to step away from yeah, I th I think me being in London and seeing it, I just don't. I just like literally. No, I, I just, we're different. You, I, I'm talking. Yeah. I'm talking about from. I a lot of the stuff we a lot of. I, I know what you say. I know understand what you're saying there, and it was actually a. It's when you start separating, that can create problems. When you integrate. I, so, I don't think we should even talk about it. I don't. No, I, I think right. right. No, 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 no. Oh, no. I don't mean on you. Yeah, I, I don't think that. I think that big. The biggest. The one of the what what doesn't help in the media again, and this is, can be talked about racism. It can talk about any kind of discrimination. Just I mean, men, women, yeah, uh, black, white, or light, light end of the scale, darker end of the scale. Yeah. Um, is that you, some things? If you flipping keep going on about it, as in keep presenting issues and non-issues for that sort of drama culture mm. that the media will do, it it exacerbates the problem. I think it's gone so far with the racism side of things, and I'm talking across the pond like US, because we take a, a lot of the places we go politically, culturally, it's we go in there, we follow what the US do, just yeah. the way it is. I think that uh, if you just, how about not mention, how about not mention discrimination or racism? Make it a non thing. It's a non thing. Because it doesn't exist, it can't be pounced upon. If it doesn't mm. exist, it can't be cherished by the groups that want it. Yeah? If you don't talk about the fucking neo Nazis, Guess what? No one's going to know about them. Of much fewer people. If we don't talk about, uh, um, uh, you know, black black power flipping extremists. In, yeah. in, in, the in the real thing life. is with it, it, it's and I'm not an expert on it, but I, I, you look at it. If we don't talk about certain things, then we'll never learn from certain things. So that's like fact in it, like history. You know, we need to we need to know to things a point. to make it happen. But it's the it's the it's the intricacies around it. It's that we. I am interested in different culture. Mm. Like, I'm genuinely interested in it. And I think, and I, um, you know, I, I love seeing and and, and mm. being part of something that's not the same to me. And I don't want to in, influence that in a negative way, you know. And it, I think it's great that there's a real mix of heritage in places like London. And, and some of my friends are different. And, you know, my kids will go to school with different people. Um, but you look at, like, so there's three forms of human development. There's... Um, dependency, independency, and interdependency, right? So you look at a patrol in Afghan, right? You go on patrol in Afghan. Now, if you're dependent on someone, you're taking and you're not giving back. That's dependency. That's that's fact. So like uh -huh. a child will be dependent on a mother. So you're on a patrol in Afghanistan. If you had a lot of de dependent people, it wouldn't work. So independence is really good, like where you can... Um, each one does a job, so you had a specific task in, in an eight-man 
section or whatever and there was a medic and there was the 19 year old who carried the ammunition whatever right each person can do a job but it's when when you understand and appreciate that to become or to, to to get the main objective you have to be interdependent so every single person has to contribute to create the end objective that's interdependency and we we're in a society where we like to be independent and not interdependent and you take it from a bare bones of on patrol in iraq or afghanistan where everyone understands and appreciates that they all have to contribute then you can create something special and you look at societies and cultures when everyone has to contribute and and not just take and not do their own thing then something really good happens and that's regardless of color or race or culture if everyone contributes to the pot big or small no matter what it is then something good can happen i hopefully have kind of no i know what you mean do you know what i mean yeah, I know what you mean. I, I, or is it not that people aren't, a society is interdependent, but it's perceived as just dependency? Because in doing the daily jobs and going about the daily life, they, they are contributing, I suppose. But, if it, but, you know, but in, one, in a different way. You're talking financial, there's financial dependency, isn't there? Yeah. And then there's sort of cultural interdependency. That's it, it's interesting. Well, if you, yeah, you could take it from anything, really. You know, like you look at, like the big companies that don't pay their corporation tax, yeah, they're very independent. They're just doing their own thing, and they don't give a shit about everyone else. They're just ke- ke- they're just concerned about themselves. And you need to be able to contribute to the bigger pot to then create interdependency, where everyone grows together, and not where some gain and some don't gain. That's a failure of of. Uh... We look at your pygmy analogy earlier on. Say again. You know when you talk about the pygmies? Yeah. Right? Everyone in that society will be contributing. The One will be a hunter. One will be the, the cooks. The kids will be doing their bit, collecting water. Because they know that they have to... That's how they survive. They're all contributing. That's how we were once. Right? Why did it not stay the same? It must get to a point where it gets too big and it doesn't work. Or... Mm, no... Or no, yeah. Or, or 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 you get the you get the you get a, an element wants to control. The con- the culture changes because then we get we get told, don't we, that we you know you have to get your own house and then you have to put borders up and you have to the, 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 mm. you have to just that's what you get told to do again and again. And I, I you know look at business. Although so every every team I've been involved with, from the military, the fire service to playing rugby. They're all interdependent where you look at a really good rugby team. Everyone in that knows exactly what they have to do. Exactly what they have to do. And they know when, if someone's injured, what then happens. That creates, that's interdependent. If you're all independent rugby players, it wouldn't work, would it? No, we can't work on such a big scale, can it? It's not that... Break it into micros all the way around. I mean, like, that's the way... That's how that's how culture can. Yeah, it's an interesting conversation. Um, what was I, the original question again? <laughs> no, no, it's, I I do. I mean, like, I just I'm just conscious of the next. I'm just rolling into the next, the next, the next guest. Totally which is, so I mean, we're talking like government and oh shit, what kicking on in it? Oh, it'd be alright, be alright. 
Uh, what are we on? Hour and, hour and a quarter. Enough an hour and a quarter. Um, not a big sight. Have I been keeping you? No, mate. I'm just like <laughs> getting prepared for the next one now. I think I've learned more today than I have um, in the last month. <laughs> yeah, we had a, had a Navy guy on, uh, first Navy guy, and he was, uh, well, I was like, you need to tell me about, I'm, I'm, I'm ex-reg, I'm ex-army, we don't care about anyone else, I'm yeah. infantry, we don't give a shit, yeah. I have a clue. And I said, tell me about, uh, tell me about your training, and he said, uh, well, I said, tell me about your career, and he, said, he basically, he, gl- he said, yeah, so I went to training in, in where was it, not Woolwich, uh, down south somewhere, and then I, you know, I got to my ship. I was like, hang on a minute. You've just washed over your entire <laughs> I've not got a clue, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I listened what to that. I, <laughs> I the, when, you, when he was going, oh, we went to... And I was like, why is it called HMS then? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, why, that's what it means. Like, if you were just a, a building on yeah. on dry land. Yeah, yeah. What yeah. was it? Her Majesty's... Her Majesty's... Uh, Shore Base or something like that one. Oh, station. Station. Was it? Is it not station? I don't know. I don't know. That was fine. He's a good lad. He is. He's a good lad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, digressing. No, mate. I mean that. I, I, we could have a whole another like hour and a half on on talking about uh, society and where it could be. I, I before this podcast, I <laughs> I started another one, right? And uh, no one knows about it. And they, I won't ever. They won't ever find it. It's so gone. <laughs> and it was. It was called. If I, I'm, I'm not gonna give the name, but it was with my old man, right? We did like one episode. And it was all about if we were going to go and colonize a planet, how would we do it? Knowing what we know now, right? Knowing what we know now on... Well, on, that was the premise of the full podcast. If you'd gone on to a 20, was, quest, 20 uh, episodes. Yeah, mate. Yeah. But listen, it was epic, right? It was, well, was going to be epic. Um, so the, 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 basically, there was the, it was, uh, we're going to go and colonize Mars. Yeah, that's the plan. We were able to do it. Myself and my dad, we are two people who have been who are part of the team that are going to go up there, right. right? But we're early on the start, okay? And we've got to decide. The first show is we've got to decide. It, it was. Proper. I want you to run this. No, mate, it, it, it sounds great. It was, I I might have to like might be a spin off. It was really interesting. <laughs> we have to decide um, if I'm going to do a spin off. Uh, based on what we know now. Oh, man, this is how it started before we even got right. It's like, right, based on what we know now, how who's gonna go? Who should we who, uh, who should we select? Who's gonna go? There's fifty people. Who's gonna go? Why should we choose them? Who are we gonna select? Right, we started the first show, right? Was, and he just went on and on talking, and we and all but we got nothing answered. Right, <laughs> it boiled all boiled back to, um, uh, oh, that we came up with one answer, and it was a question in the show. The question was. It got quite not heated, but you know it's like when you get me your, your, your I don't know, your dad's like my dad's an antagonizing fucker, mate. And he spent the first ten minutes before we went live, right, just trying to wind me up because he wanted an argument. That's what he's like. And uh, and I kept a cool on there. But the, the the question came down to at the end that we answered. The question came up: Is it better? So you're going to send fifty people now. They're going to these are going to form this colony. They're going to be responsible for setting it up, and they will. That's what the, the civilization will come from. Is it is it better? To have fifty intellectuals, academics, so fifty, so fifty people from like the top one percent of the world's of the yeah. of the world, right? Brains. Is it better to send fifty of those up there, right? 
with the with the kit yeah, they yeah, got yeah, to yeah. set up yeah, legitimately, yeah, yeah. right? Or is it better to send fifty people from a cross section of society? That was the question. That was the question that we came out. And I was, and my opinion was, well, you send a cross section because you've got brainiacs and you've got you've got people who know sort of every aspect of it, have an inkling. They, they, you know, they, they sort of you got some people who are just like grounded. Yeah, <laughs> you've yeah. got logic, and you got other maniacs who haven't. And um, we decided no in the end. No, you send fifty. You send fifty ninjas. You send. 50, <laughs> you send fifty. Like you send fifty. You know, brainiacs. You send yeah. 50, that was what, that was what we achieved in that first one at the end of it. I was like, fucking hell. And it was, sound, you know what it sounds like. And it sounds like, like a, it, a Ricky Gervais, Carl Pilkinson podcast. It was, <laughs> yeah. But another one was uh, uh, one because we had like, he had like reams of notes beforehand, um, and it was like, how would you vote? Uh, who's going to be a leader? And and it's like, well, it came down. Well, you don't need it. You don't need. Why do you need a leader? Why they stay with the, with the, with a the phone, with technology? Why can't it be? Why can't it be like this? And we discussed it on there. Why can't it be like? Uh, now imagine a society now. A right? Senate. Imagine. Well, no. Imagine a society as we live now. Right? Government doesn't exist. Okay. The way decisions are made. So we have one person who's a spokesperson. They literally speak what what the information is. Right. So uh, the way we interact with uh, they interact with Trump and Trump says um. Mike, as the spokesperson for UK, uh, we want you to join us in fighting in Syria. We want you to, we, we want you to put um, three units on the ground, and and we're going to we're going to take over it. We're going to take over it. Kick the Russians out. We're going to take over it. And you go okay. And you get on to your phone or your app, and you put it out. You do a post and says, uh, President Trump has asked that. Uh, President Trump has asked that um, the UK join. Da, 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 and put the details in there. Yeah. Everyone on the device in the UK, yeah. Everyone on the device, their phone stops working, comes on, and it bleeps. It bleeps until they've answered the question. Yes, we should, or no, we shouldn't. Everyone, mate. Everyone. You get 100% turnout. Yes or no. The question's answered straight away, right? There's no time for influence, corruption, parliament. Oh, God, I'm thinking of my next guest again now. No, all I know, right? All, there's no chance for any of that, any of that, right? I am making I, Joe Bloggs, Mr. Corner Shop owner, yeah, get the text, and I'm basing my decision on what I think how it affects me now, not what six six months of the media is throwing down my throat before. Mm. Should we go in? Oh, the children. What? No, so your moral values, what, right? You're what going did, based what on me. It's this, pure. Boom. It's pure. No, it's moral values. Does it affect me? No. Well, yes. Instant, instant answer. All right, Trump. Uh, people said no. <laughs> you know what I mean? I want to. Uh, that's what it is. Uh, everyone, it's it's pure, mate. Right? And um, uh, another example. You, Joe Bloss Corner Shop. Wanna you wanna um, you wanna you wanna have the road widened so more traffic can come down the road because it's too narrow and cars are parking. Da, da, da. And you put you as Joe Public, you go in your app and go, I want like you know the petitions. I want I would like the road widen because this is and this and this. That then that question goes into an like AI, right? Artificial yeah. or whatever or algorithm. It based on your question, yeah, the software decides who should have a say in that. So it's gonna be everyone on the street. There's going to be all of the companies who transit that road and people who transit that road. Da, 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 da. So all of those people, their phone goes, Bleh. you know that corner shop on the thing. Once it, once it widen the road, should it happen or should it not? And you think, and I think, well, 
hang on a minute, if you widen that road, then I'm gonna that payment's gonna be narrower. So that means I can't get my uh I can't get my mobility scooter down anymore. I'm fucking saying no. Then you get the shop next door going, What, you must make the road wider? That's fucking awesome. More people. Yes. Pure. Straight away answer. You've got like two minutes to answer. No chance for any <laughs> ulterior motive done. Flipping I was gonna say Abdul then. Just because I said corner shops, not it could be Joe. Joe on the corner shop says, uh, "Guess his guess his wide roadened, his road widened." Bang. Done. Look how quick that is. <laughs> Look how quick that Have is. Have this conversation with the next guy. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Right. Oh, what well, time are you on? I, wait, we, go, we have got to wrap this. Up. We have got to wrap this up. Um, right, declassified podcast. Yeah. How? What's the? How do you get hold of it? Right, it's on Spotify. It's on iTunes. All it's of on, that. Yeah, it's on all the Stitcher and. All that website. website declassifiedpodcast.com. Yeah. At the at Declass Podcast on Insta, Twitter and Facebook. Yeah. Um we've just done so we're eleven episodes in, real mix. We just did eleven today. It was a bit a summary of the first ten. We're going straight in to do like series two, I suppose. Um and doing another ten, ten or eleven. Um and we just hope it helps someone, you know what I mean? And what's happened is, so we didn't ask for anything. We've not gone out there and asked for money or nothing like that. Um, we've got a, a really cool thing that's going to happen. We're going to create a wellness plan. And we're partnering with a company called Bespoke Digital. who are doing it all for free. Um, uh, Hesco have come on board and, and want to carry this on. It's all that kind of values-based as well. Like, do we believe in the same thing? Do we believe in, in getting these messages out there? Um, and people like Walter Buzatil and all this kind of stuff, they're all going to contribute to creating a wellness plan where yes or no answers creates a document where it, it essentially you give you advice on improving well-being and health and stuff. Um, yeah. I think it's awesome, mate. I think it's awesome. Um, I really enjoy it. And, uh, and, and what's one of the most important things to me is, like you're saying behind it, the honest honest intentions and you say you're all it helps people uh of course it does even if even if cross your 11 episodes right only one only one person got benefit from it mm. oh mate we've had we've had messages yeah. saying it's i was suicidal i'm now not suicidal i'm going for oh i'm going for treatment Amazing. yeah it's it's only and it's like brian and that they've had phone calls with people yeah. who have been like i just want to end it and it's like go see just go and speak to someone and mm. then the next day they're in therapy mm. mm-hmm. amazing what a go. simple conversation can do one leads to another leads to another leads to something being implemented mm-hmm. and um yeah well look mate thanks thank you uh hang on combat, oh, combat pest control combat pest control yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. where is that combat combat so around yeah combat pest and hq combat on all the social medias uh guys and, and we're, we're doing some good stuff like we're doing some good stuff and if if other veteran i know you had lee, lee mcfarland on doing some great stuff um with, with veteran employment and whatnot, and we're going to meet up uh, next week or so and chat about some stuff. That's Have going you met on. him before? No, no, just on on kind of social media and mm-hmm. stuff. Good lad. Yeah. Um, yeah. Combatpestcontrol.com. Watch out. Look, if you're out there and you could, if you're thinking about starting a business or you've got a business and then you want to impact the world in a positive way, all you've got to go and do is implement it. And don't let anyone say that you can't do something or you, you you shouldn't do something. If you want to do something, you've got a vision to follow, and ours was really clear, you just got to go and do it. Mm-hmm. And good stuff happens. Absolutely. Michael Coates. Cheers, mate. Good luck, buddy. Thanks, Great mate. pleasure.
Another shout out to our sponsors today, Westway Nissan, up to 20% off for service personnel and veterans, but also with employment opportunities. Get along to westwaynissan.co.uk and have a browse or get into one of their branches. They have them all over the UK. Our other sponsor was Argus Europe. Argus Europe run close protection, surveillance and private investigation courses up to 10 times a year. The people that conduct this training are still operating in the areas they instruct. They're also an operational company, so their knowledge and expertise is wired tight. Check them out at argus.europe.co.uk or just chuck Argus Europe into Google and it will point you in the right direction. That's it. All done. Catch you on the flip side. Out.